Hey, everybody, do you consider yourself to be a creative person? Now, you may be saying to yourself, nope, not me. You don't see me plunking the keys at Carnegie Hall. But did you know that we can all be more creative in our lives? Yes, even if you are totally left-brained. That's up next on The Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon. I'm Devin Dewey for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. President Obama is warning that U.S. military involvement in Syria would change if chemical weapons come into play. At a White House news conference, the president acknowledged the outlook in Syria is bleak. The likelihood of a soft landing uh, seems pretty distant. So far, he's avoided committing U.S. troops or even arming the rebels fighting President Bashar Assad. But Obama warns banned weapons would put things in a different light. A red line for us is we start seeing a whole bunch of chemical weapons moving around or being utilized. Uh, That would change my calculus. He says that could involve Israel or other U.S. allies, and that is very much America's concern. Mark Smith at the White House. President Obama is also vowing to do more to protect U.S. troops from Afghan training attacks. There were 21 insider attacks all of last year, but 32 already this year. The president says steps have been taken to protect U.S. forces, but more needs to be done. And he'll be speaking with Afghan President Hamid Karzai. We've got to make sure that we're on top of this. Experts like the RAND Corporation's Olga Oliker say the attacks have deepened the mistrust between Americans and the Afghans whom they're training to take take over security after 2014. It's hard to train or be trained by people you don't trust. Sagar Megani at the Pentagon. Apple has passed Microsoft as the most valuable company ever. Apple's stock just keeps climbing and with a market capitalization of more than $620 billion has now eclipsed Microsoft as the most valuable company in history. Apple stock has hit multiple new highs recently because of the expectation it will soon launch iPhone 5 and possibly a smaller, cheaper iPad. Apple has been the world's most valuable company since the end of last year, and analysts look for the company's stock price to keep climbing. I'm Jerry Bodlander. And as Apple stock soars, Facebook stock continues to struggle. Facebook stock fell at least briefly below $19, less than half the 38 it was priced at in May's frenzied initial public offering. Michael Pachter watches the company for Wedbush Securities. He says it's easy to see now that Facebook and its Wall Street underwriters badly overestimated the demand for shares. The market just is not prepared to absorb that much stock with a company that has a business model most people don't understand. Trading in Facebook has risen since lockout periods started expiring, allowing insiders to sell their shares. It's not clear the increased activity comes from them or from investors who fear an influx of insider shares on the market. Warren Levinson, New York. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Devin Dewey. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend, your uh, life coach, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can every day on this show to help you and your loved ones get a leg up in this crazy thing we call life and hopefully give you the tools you need to, to take back your life and make it a little bit better. Thanks for joining us today. I believe we've got a good one for you. We are talking about uh, creativity. Have any of you ever been just stuck 
incapable, unable to figure out how to finish a puzzle, to stop a, you know, a missile. No, not a missile coming at you at a thousand miles an hour. Have you not been able to figure that out? How about just being incapable of uh, figuring out how to be on time to something or just simple parts of your life? Maybe it's the fact that you lack some creativity. Could that be the problem? that you just simply can't see the problem in a different way. Today we are going to be bringing on an expert in creativity uh, who, who's, it's a fascinating background. His name is Alan Williams. He's a composer in Hollywood, but he also goes out to corporate America and teaches people the power of creativity, how to ignite that, uh, the power in you, how to start seeing the world a little bit differently. And as you see it differently, eventually... A lot of your dreams can come true. Now, we're already learning that with Apple, right? So Apple, do you remember back in the day when Apple was just for creative weirdos that needed to just, uh, you know, they had they had their own little way. They had, they had to express themselves their own way. And now a $623 billion market cap, stock value surging in the company up to $623 billion, the world's highest ever. Do you think Apple has any creativity flowing through that organization? What is the cost of not having creativity? What's the cost to you personally? Now, we, I think we get it on a corporate level, right? You got to be more creative than Microsoft if you're Apple, and your creativity will eventually help you pay off. Uh, maybe a little bit of luck as well. Maybe just a little bit of, um, what do you say, just money might help as well. But the reality is Apple kind of just stuck at it. They had their vision, and they kept creatively delivering on the vision. Now, what I want to figure out is how we do that in our personal lives. We're sitting here in the middle of an economy that is falling apart. It's hard to get a job. A lot of people are out there having to reinvent themselves, reinvent their career, reinvent what their resume says they've done, and figure out a better way to maybe present the resume so that you might have a chance at another job. Um, We want to talk to you today about how to be more creative, how to find creativity in just the everyday, and hopefully, um, you know, see if you can't reignite a little spark, a little energy in yourself again by being more creative. Again, we'll be bringing on an expert in that uh, a little bit later, Alan Williams. Wonderful guy who I think is uh, just going to add a lot to our conversation. But before we do, as we talk about creativity, uh, perhaps it's worth a quick journey into Germany to what some say is one of the most creative minds of all time. Beethoven's Fifth. Yes, eight notes so iconic we could hop into a time machine, blast hundreds of years into the future, step outside, hum the first notes of the Fifth Symphony... And they shout, Beethoven! Now, a true classical music aficionado would argue nothing in 20th century pop music could mirror the majesty, the magnificence of the great composers. And if I were to make that argument, this is what I'd use. Yes, it was the late 1970s, and music producer Tommy Valentino had an idea. Update classical music to this hot new fad, disco. And if you want to point fingers for this blatant ripoff of arguably history's second greatest composer, you need only blame yourself. Yes, it was you back in 1976 who indulged in this guilty pleasure that drove Walter Murphy's Fifth of Beethoven to number one on the Hot 100 chart. Murphy also tried to remake Flight of the Bumblebee. Yeah, that didn't really ever catch on. 
but updating Beethoven. That continued to 10 years later. Rapper A-plus made this lovely plagiarism of a plagiarism. Surprisingly today, hip-hop and rap were actually going out of vogue, and dance music is big. I have not yet heard Beethoven's Fifth redone for the EDM scene, but in some nightclub somewhere, Moonlight Sonata is pounding subwoofers. Right alongside Barber's Adagio for strings. But does this just seem like a big rip-off to you? Well, if it does, ask yourself, is it plagiarism or are we building something bigger Is remixing other people's work a form of creativity in itself? Or is it just giving new artists a lazy way out because they don't have to pour their heart and soul into the sheet music for years like Beethoven did? It's an interesting point, isn't it? So are we getting lazier as we do the remixes, or are the remixes just more forms of creativity? As we were putting the show together, we had all these discussions about if we're creating anything new anymore. Or are we just regurgitating more of the same? And maybe what it is is we're just using the information, the data, the music that's already been created to take it to a new level, a different level. We're incorporating uh, different um, instruments or things that even that aren't even instruments. I've seen my son put together a song using the entire piano, and very few uh, of the parts of the song actually involve any keys. So he's not putting, he's not playing the keys, but he'll use the entire piano as a drum set, and um, it's just it's pretty fascinating. So creativity, where do you think you fit? Would you say you're a highly creative person, or are you more of uh, just a real left brainer that supposedly has no creativity? I don't think it's about your brains always. I think sometimes it's about the idea that you um, have the expectation that you should create. I think inherently in every human being is a creative element. Um, I think we're here to create. We're here to offer something. We're here to leave something for our family and our friends. I think we all have something that is unique to us, that if we can't figure out how to get it out into the world because maybe we lack creativity to get it out or to make it fit or to integrate it into everything else that's going on, I think we're all going to suffer. So that's why we're doing the show today, creativity. How do we engage it? How do we bring more creativity into your lives? How do we pick up your game a little bit? What are the tools? What are the ideas? If you're sitting there and you are bored out of your gourd, if you're tired of not progressing, if you feel like you're stuck and exhausted and you just don't know how you're going to make it through another day of work, guess what? Today's the show for you. We're going to hopefully give you some ways, some ideas to start seeing it differently, to rethink your own life, and how do you start to maybe create more brainstorming, uh, more synergy with your family, your groups, the people at work, and maybe just, if we can, reignite that spark that you probably used to show as a little tiny kid when you'd build those forts in your basement. One of the things, the funniest thing is we've been working with our family on, you know, remodeling our part of our house is... um, The memories that come back to my kids, we were moving some bunk beds and everybody had memories about how they had used the bunk bed differently as a fort, as a jail, um, as a place where they could uh, drop things down on their brother when they're asleep. Bunch of different ways that we could uh, slowly inflict pain on each other is what my family was discovering. So creativity, we're talking about it right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Be back in a minute, and we'll start busting this thing open right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. 
It's a super-powered battery without chemicals that turns at 60,000 RPMs and may wind up boosting your next car. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. You've probably seen a bicycle headlight powered only by a generator on the spinning front wheel. That's a simple version of a flywheel power storage system. Getting a heavy wheel spinning and letting it coast until you tap its kinetic motion energy back into electricity. NASA's Glenn Research Center has spent years perfecting flywheel energy storage systems for use in space applications like satellites. And flywheels now seem poised to replace batteries in many key power applications on Earth, from cars to backup power for hospitals. Spinning at a surface speed of Mach 2 in a vacuum chamber and levitated in frictionless magnetic bearings, flywheels built of super-strong composites can hold tremendous power in a smaller size than comparable chemical batteries, lasting longer with no chemicals to wear out. Flywheels have been tested in hybrid buses and could capture braking energy to give hybrid cars an extra boost of power for fast acceleration. Flywheels also work in computer data centers, instantly ready to cover power sags or blackouts, or as nighttime storage for solar or wind farms. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. This'll take a while. Sometimes it's better to take things slow. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the interview. Join Dean Duncan weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about creativity, how to reignite that spark in your brain. Now, it doesn't mean – I know you're back there thinking, well, I'm not an artist and or I, I don't play piano. Creativity does not just have to be about the arts. It does not – it could be just about simply how you go grocery shopping. Do you, do you find new ways to do something that other people just – don't even think of doing it that way. Sometimes creativity is just another way. And uh, I think there's so much value in it. That's the benefit of diversity, right, is, is the fact that we get a benefit from all this creativity and differences in each other. If we all are doing the same things the same way, oh, the fact, there's a great quote by, um, uh, his name was Chainsaw Al Dunlop. It sounds like a scary thing. He was a guy that would go in, buy a company, and they'd hire this Chainsaw Al to go in and be the CEO, and then he'd tear the company apart and cut it up and lay everyone off that had to be laid off, and then he'd you know grow the company. They called him Chainsaw Al because his motto was, I would go cut the employees, you know, cut back on the, how many people they had uh, working for him. I cut until they bleed, and then I cut a little more. Ooh, that sounds gross. But this is what, this is what he said. When I go in to work with a company... If everybody's telling me the same thing, I only need one of them. There are benefits to being the creative one. And I found that the more creative I am and the more abilities I have to have multiple options and multiple ways of seeing something, the more options I have to, to you know, to work through life. Life is hard. And if we only have one way of doing it, it might be hurting us. So that's why we're talking about creativity today. Now, before we go on, though, 
I want to bring on a little uh, story from one of our producers, um, Corinne Collins. Now, she is a, she's a teacher here on campus, uh, a master's student that teaches. And in the classroom, her job is literally she tries to teach writing to stubborn freshmen. Okay. Now imagine how hard it might be to teach basic writing, creative writing even, to some of these freshmen that just aren't used to being creative. And here she is reporting on the successes and failures of trying to teach creatively. As a teacher whose majority of students are freshmen, I have to find ways to keep the lessons interesting, which can be hard when you're teaching writing and using Greek words like kairos, prokatalepsis, logos, and so on. Although the use of the words makes them think that I'm really smart, there are things about the class and the classroom that make the material inaccessible, mostly the fact that I'm teaching writing. A lot of the time students tell me they've never written a paper X amount of pages before, or have never done anything like this assignment. And I've noticed that when in-class exercises require them to analyse prose or poetry, they are fish out of water. But if I put a video in front of them, they're like different people. They seem to respond so well to visual stimuli that I incorporate a video or an image into every single class period so they can practice and develop the analytical skills they will exhibit in their writing. But there's always the problem of connecting the dots back to the text. It's become painstakingly obvious that my students prefer visuals and prefer to write about them over texts. Well, that's what they're required to do by the law of the English department. So while I develop creative ways to get them thinking analytically, I also have to think of creative ways to get them writing and arguing. But I'm not going to share those specific ideas here because I wouldn't want to give away all of my teaching secrets. But needless to say, when it comes to the classroom, it appears that standing in front of a group of teenagers and lecturing for an hour isn't really going to help them learn, at least not in my field. So being creative with media and activities helps them to access the material. And as long as you can bridge the gap between the activities and the purpose of the class, you've got a winning strategy. So be creative. It's everywhere, right? This creativity idea, I mean, it's in teaching, it's in how we reach people, it's in how we solve problems, it's in how you approach your children, it's in how you get to work every day. It's out there. And um, one of our goals on the show today is to just see if we can't teach you some new ideas about it. And what we've decided to do is bring on a, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, a composer. His name is Alan Williams. Let me just tell you a little bit about him before I bring him on. He graduated from Brigham Young University with a bachelor's in music composition. He did postgraduate work at USC. He's a composer and has worked on over 50 films and TV films, including the Academy Award-winning IMAX film Amazon. He's collaborated with such Oscar Golden Globe and Emmy Award-winning artists as Barbara Streisand, Mary Tyler Moore, Burt Reynolds, and James Earl Jones. Alan lives in L.A. with his wife and three sons. Alan, welcome to the program. How are you, Matt? Good. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Let's, let me give you some more of these because uh, you've worked on uh, j- just a bunch of shows. And so when we say you're the composer, you create the music that runs through the movie, right? Correct. I, I write all of the underscore music that uh, that's on a movie. Like the Jaws. Dun, dun. Exactly, like the Jaws. All the music that makes you happy and yeah. scared and anxious. And See, uh, you did the Armadillo heroic. movie. And the which movie? The Armadillo. And you couldn't get the same effect on the Armadillo sound as they did with the Jaws sound. There you go. <laughs> 
I'm dying to know how you respond to that. But you've done some great stuff and award-winning stuff. Um, you've had the pleasure of collaborating with noted oceanographers Howard and Michelle uh, uh, Hall on Island of Sharks, Coral Reef Adventure. You did the world-famous mountain climber David Brashears, Everest Kilimanjaro to the roof of uh, to, to the roof of Africa. You were on the two of the finest dramatic filmmakers in uh, in the field of the large format cinema in North America, Canadian Stephen Lowe, Across the Sea of Time, Mark Twain's America, and Academy Award winner Keith Merrill on Amazon, Grand Canyon, and The Great American Cowboy. You've been a busy boy, Alan. Well, I, I love writing music. Now, don't you ever uh, get stuck? I actually love the whole notion of, of, cre- of creating things. Okay, so you get up, let's say, you had a bad day, a bad morning... Your alarm didn't go off. Your wife's mad at you because you didn't take the garbage out. And you go to your you go to your studio and you're supposed to create music. Yep. Don't you ever just lose your creativity? Well, there's a funny thing called a deadline. <laughs> Tell me about it. Which is the greatest cure for writer's block that ever existed. I, is it just the stress of it, the motivation of it? It well, it really is. You know, I think we all are, are much more creative than we give ourselves credit for, and we can certainly be more creative um, kind of on demand if we need to. Yeah. Now, granted, we have to kind of work those muscles. It's uh-huh. not like you can run out and run a marathon if you haven't properly prepared for it. But, but we all have that potential. Do you think everyone does, Alan? I do. I mean, because I've looked at some people and I seriously wonder if they well, have got the ability to do it. Now, are, or is it just are, like... Are we all you know, Steve Jobs when it comes to creating new new ways that we live our life? Are we... Uh, no, we're not. No. Are we all great artists and sculptors and playwrights? No, we're not. But we're all creative. Yeah. See, see, see the difference is, is many times people think that creativity is the same thing as being gifted in a certain area. Creativity is just a mental process of generating new ideas. Right. So like, like you're saying, if you find a new way to go to work, you just use your creativity. Well, and especially, I mean, think, I guess you're, you're right about the stress of it, too. If I'm supposed to be there for a meeting, there's a hundred ways for me to get to work. And mm-hmm. if there's a traffic jam, I need to be able to use my creativity to get me there. And maybe the stress of it forces creativity amongst among or on top of us i think so because it's easy to become lazy yeah that's it we're kind of creatures of habit so maybe i guess the killer of creativity is just habit yep we just get stuck in the habit of doing it this way do you find yourself then procrastinating alan to wait for the motivator to kick in um i i don't because that scares me um (laughs) Yeah, that also you know, probably impacts when I'm it. Looking at, when I'm looking at a, at, at a movie score that's got, you know, I don't know, 70, 80 minutes of music that I have to write, and I might only have four weeks to do it in, mm. I can't sit around and wait for two weeks to be inspired because then there's no way I'll meet the, the deadline, and, and that's not an option. Right. How do you get inspired? So as you sit there, you've got to be creative, and you're creative for pay. I mean, it's kind of mm-hmm. funny. It would be like being a comedian where someone says, say, okay, say something funny. Say okay. Make say something laugh, funny yep. right this minute. That has got to be hard. Do you? I guess. Do you just wait to be influenced? Do you go look at? I guess you watch the movie or the parts of the movie that they have ready for you to see, and right. you just wait to be influenced, or what do you do? 
Well, fortunately, a lot of, of what I write is inspired by those visuals. So those visual images and the story that's being told and the characters that are on the screen, they communicate emotions to me, and then it's my job to translate those into music hmm. so that the audience can feel that our character is in danger or that you know, these two people are about to fall in love or that this guy is actually going to you know, conquest this heroic feat. So the visuals really help help inspire me as to at least you know the direction however they don't give me what the notes are I yeah think, no i've got to do that part but at least it points me in the right direction i think that's i, I mean really as i just sit as an outsider it sounds and maybe it's just again because you spent so much time in it, it it just sounds like intense pressure to to deliver and then then you hand it to them and do they look at you and like mm, no yeah, no. Uh, yeah, they do. That wasn't do. creative trust enough. Trust me, every note that's been written has not been brilliant. In fact, <laughs> most of them have not. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, no, all you have to do is listen to a lot of television, and you'll see that a lot of the music isn't that great. I mean, <laughs> I mean, so, I mean it, really, sometimes it's just cheesy. But you have your name on this. This is your face. This is your identity and your paycheck. Well, and, and it, it lives on forever. It's yeah. not just a, a passing thing. It's huge. You know, movies that I did 20 years ago, or you can still find them. So it's like, hopefully, what we wrote was was okay. Do you do you sense? I mean, it better, yeah, because it's going to be back on whatever replayed on cable for years. Do mm-hmm. Do you ever sense? Um, okay, when you think of just the average guy, so we're on Sirius Radio. So all these people are driving home right now on the East Coast. They've had a tough day of work. Let's say they they work in a shipping company, or you know, whatever they do. Um, how how does creativity impact the average Joe? You know, it's interesting. You you mentioned at the beginning of the segment about moving and and your kids with the bed and everything. Yeah, I, I want to share a, one of my favorite favorite quotes from um, the artist Pablo Picasso. He said that every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once he grows up. Oh, neat. Yeah. What I love about that is. That tells me that all of us are creative. Most of us, or some of us, have just forgotten how to be creative. Mm-hmm. We've forgotten what it was like. But when you're five years old, it doesn't matter what profession you're going to ultimately be in for the yeah. rest of your life. When you're five years old, your imagination is there are no limits, there are no boundaries. And, you know, it's interesting, I've had the chance to to talk about creativity and innovation with a number of companies um, around the world. And it's interesting how this message translates across cultures. Because everyone, doesn't matter where you grew up, what your cultural background is, when you're five years old, you imagine you can do anything, whether you can fly, you're a superhero, whatever it is. Oh, but I... as we get older... It gets beat we... out of us. It, it, well, yeah. I mean, Einstein said that it, he, he said, you know, it's a miracle that curiosity survives formal education. <laughs> I love that. And, and it's and it's true though, because you know, we go into whether it's education and then uh, our profession, and it's this is how we do things. This is how we've always done them. This is the way that we're going to learn. That's what I loved about the little piece about the the, ink, the writing professor. Right. It's like. There is no one solution. Creativity always provides another solution. It's, I love that. It's, creativity is like a universal uh, tool. 
It's a tool you have to have. It's not something you just are born with or not. It's one you have to learn to deal with the chaos and complexity of this life, don't you think? I do. And, and, you're, and you're even saying every kid has it. I mean, it's true. If you, if you just hang out with your kids long enough, they will blow your mind with how they came up with that. Like, just mm-hmm. – I remember standing as a little kid in a little drugstore and, you know, those little chains that they chain off each little um, – checkout stand. Well, while my mom was checking out uh, and, you know, getting all of our stuff, I put I put the chain through my pants like a belt and then I locked it. And then by the time I looked up, my mom was gone and I was like stuck, just totally pulling on myself to get out of the chain. And my mom came back. I just screamed, Mom, I was 18. I should have been bigger than that. But I was screaming, Mom. And she came back and she just looked at me like, are you kidding me? Where was your head? And I was just being creative, just creating clothes and apparel with a chain. Sure. That's how messed up we are. Al, we're going to take a break, Alan. And what I want to do when we come back, I want you to be start throwing us some ideas for how we reignite that spark, how we get back to the juvenile in us, the creative one that uh, some of us have lost as we've gotten older. Um, and then also be thinking of a challenge, Alan. What's something we could challenge our listeners to do today? to spark some creativity. We'll be back with Alan Williams, composer, uh, big Hollywood player, right here on the Matt Townsend Show, talking creativity on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sometimes it's hard to keep up with the latest news and research in pivotal societal issues. There has got to be a way that we reduce our dependency upon Middle Eastern oil. BYU's Wheatley Forum presents the research of leading scholars and experts in current social issues and events. Learn, explore, and discuss the world around us with the Wheatley Forum, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Devin Dewey for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Republican Mitt Romney's campaign has released another television ad slamming President Barack Obama's changes to welfare. Mitt Romney's new ad quotes an editorial from the Richmond Times-Dispatch sharply criticizing the Obama administration allowing states to seek waivers from some welfare rules. One of the most respected newspapers in America called it nuts. The White House insists Romney's charges are false. Last month, the president agreed to allow states to seek the welfare rules waivers if they can show that doing so would lead to better outcomes. I'm Tim McGuire. But President Obama is rejecting Mitt Romney's charge that he's gutting the work requirement for welfare. Romney's been furious over TV ads pressing him on his tax returns and business past, saying Obama's running a campaign of hate. We point out sharp differences between the candidates. Uh, But we don't go out of bounds. At a White House news conference, the president said there's every reason to insist Romney release a dozen years of returns as he has. The American people have assumed that if you want to be president of the United States, that your life's an open book. By contrast, he says Romney's team is out of bounds and claims he's gutting the work requirement for welfare when he says the opposite's true. Mark Smith at the White House. 
The director of Top Gun, Unstoppable, and many other hit movies has died in an apparent suicide. Denzel Washington starred in Tony Scott's Unstoppable. The only way to stop that kind of power, grab it by the tail, boom. Scott also directed Washington in Man on Fire and Crimson Tide. Washington told us in 2010 he would have done anything for Scott. He calls and I... I go. George Zunda also co-starred with Washington and Crimson Tide. He told us in 1995 he was also a fan of Scott's. I love this guy. And it's such a pleasure to see somebody so committed. Scott died after jumping from a bridge in Los Angeles in an apparent suicide. He was 68. I'm Michael Weinfeld. And a new study shows religion might play a part in how much people give to charity. The Chronicle of Philanthropy looked at itemized tax returns from 2008 and found that people who live in the so-called Bible Belt in the South and Utah donate the most of their discretionary income to charity. Melissa Alston of Atlanta says it's part of the culture. That's how I was raised, to be charitable, donate, and give back. The Northeast, especially the five New England states, are the least religious and the least charitable. A Boston University political science professor says people in that region are more willing to pay higher taxes so government can equitably distribute benefits to the needy. I'm Tim McGuire. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Devin Dewey. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking about creativity and reigniting that spark in your brain, the one that uh, I believe has been in you since birth, uh, the one that, you know, got you to touch that electric socket. No big deal. Sure, it shocked you, but you know what? You learned something, and you found a creative way to get that spark out of that crazy little socket. We're uh, joined with uh, by Alan Williams, a composer, uh, lives in Hollywood area, California, does a ton of work over there, has worked on 50 films, uh, including an award-winning IMAX film called Amazon, and really just is a good man, a good friend, but he understands this concept of creativity. So, Alan, welcome back to the show. Nice to be back, Matt. Good to have you. Are you just on the beach right now getting tan? I wish. No, I'm not. Getting a little creative on the beach. So, Alan, as a guy that's got to deliver, what, an hour and a half, an hour and 10 minutes, 70 minutes, is that what you said? Is, like an, is, is that like a typical? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you go get creative? Now, I, do they just hand you a blank slate and say, hey, Alan, we trust your magic. Go create magic for us. Or do they say, hey, we want it to sound a little bit like this, and they give you something and then you've got to go create it, or, or a little bit of both. Actually, the answer is yes. It's, it's everything from we have no idea what we want to this is exactly what we want, but we can't have this. So, and it's everything in between. Interesting. And so, you know, I, I have that task of literally having the blank sheet of paper, the blank canvas. When I get the movie, there isn't any music on it. <laughs> so, you know, I'm watching, you know, a big action scene, and yeah. there's no... It's like watching paint dry, right? Because yeah. there's, there's just nothing, there's nothing. nothing going on. There's no feeling, yeah. And, and so, for me, my creativity begins with my imagination. I will sit and watch a scene, and I will imagine. Granted, I talked with the director, and, and we know we, we, we've determined what we want the audience to feel. Uh-huh. But I will imagine what what the score is going to be like, and I actually go through the the, the process of visualizing what it's going to be before I even start writing any music. Because I think that's a really important part of creativity is is projecting in your mind, putting that that 
picture, that mental picture of visualizing what the end product will be before you actually create it. Oh, that's that doesn't great. mean that, that I know what it's going to be, but I at least have a direction. It's almost like you're just you're kind of setting the boundaries. You're, you're it's like you it seems like you're get that's where you get out your palette, you get out the the paint palette, you get out the canvas mm-hmm. and you're starting to decide how big or small this will be. You're giving it like context almost. Exactly. That's and, and how long do you do that? So one of the keys I guess for all of us is engaging that imagination a little more. It is engaging that imagination. And we let that go when we quit playing cars and dolls. We, we do. And, and so, you know, if the listeners today take one word from this entire interview, it's, the word is remember. I think it's key that we remember what it was like when we were five. Remember that we had the ability to imagine limitless possibilities. Mm. Everything was possible. There, there was nothing that that we couldn't do. You could fly until you tried. Th- that's right. right. But it didn't stop the Wright brothers. It didn't. No, but you could. I tried flying. I tried parachuting with a, a grocery bag. Yeah, I and, I was sure I could do it. Well, and 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 it's great that you had that experience because you didn't succeed at it. No. But was it the only time you tried? Oh no. Okay. I tried a bigger that's bag. The, that's the thing. It's like we will fail more than we will succeed yeah. when we try to become creative. And that's okay. Yeah. You, you have to fail in order to succeed. I think it was, I think it was Edison that said something like um, that he had he'd never failed. He just found 10,000 ways that didn't work. <laughs> that's creative. And he kept going, right? So he didn't get disheartened. He kept going. I mean, he literally failed himself to success. So we have to imagine, we have to remember, and not quit. And not quit. And we also have to begin. Oh, totally true. It's one thing to just sit back on your couch and go, wow, wouldn't it be great if my life were different? Wouldn't it be great if I could do this or I could do that? And then we just sit there and we... We just let those thoughts marinate, and it, and that's what we know is daydreaming. Mm-hmm. There's no action that comes from that. You just sit and you think all these great things, but there's no catalyst that gets you off the couch to have that dream become a reality. And for a lot of us, I think it's because we're scared. Mm-hmm. Fear is one of the biggest, biggest things that keep us back from our potential. And i got to tell you, you know, doesn't matter how many movies I've done and how long I've done this. When I start a new project, I am scared to death. Are you still? I am scared to death. Well, that you want that, isn't it? That creates that spark, probably that tension in you. I think so. I think it takes the complacency off. But but yeah. I am. I am. I am scared. It's like, will I be able to write another note? Will they like what I write? Will it work? <laughs> isn't Is this going to be amazing? Junk? Yeah. Um, and you've been at this I mean, how I, many I, years, my, Alan? Um. More than 20. 20-plus 20 20 years, years, and you yeah. still are afraid just starting every gig. See, that is interesting because I don't – It's I guess I feel a little like tension. I don't usually feel fear, but maybe I'm more ignorant than you are. Like I maybe well, if, I'm too clueless to think, yeah, what? how hard could it be to do a radio show? I mean, come on. But see, the great thing is the fear has, has one side of it that – will want to hold us back. Uh-huh. But the other is, 
I look back and I go, well, I've been doing this for 20 years. Why should I be I nervous about it? I know. Then you're like, And so idiot. then I can put that fear behind me. Yeah. See, so that's rational. You're, you're being rational, too. To your, you're you're yeah. just saying, come on, I've got this. That's the worst thing that could happen. I've done this before. This isn't my first rodeo. Love it. Imagine we have to get out of our own way because otherwise we'll, you know, just sit around and go, oh, I I can't do that. That's going to be too much investment of my time and my energy and my resources. So I'm just going to, you know, stay here the way I've been doing things and hope that they'll become different. Maybe that's what your body does, Alan, is maybe it it shuts down your creativity so you actually can't do it. Like I think you know what I mean. It, it, like yeah, that's, I do, and so it, maybe it's kind of a subconscious way of you blowing it, so that but like in a way that's not obvious. It's quiet, so I, I don't know. I just don't have those ideas. I, I I can't think. I can't create. I'm not creative, and so we don't. And then we never act. I like that's the why idea. I go back to the word. That's why I go back to the word remember, mm-hmm. because when you're a kid, you don't. You're not scared of anything like no that. Way. Yeah. I mean, if if your friend tells you. You can't become president. Well, then you just find a new friend. Yeah, you you're know, a loser. Like, you're a loser. Exactly. That's true. No one can stifle that that creativity and that imagination that we had when we were kids. And those people that are most creative in a very public way today in mm-hmm. the world are those that have not lost that fear, not lost that that ability to be wrong, not lost the the drive to find a, a new, different, hopefully better way of doing something. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's almost, it is kind of a naivete in a way that it's, why not? You know, why not? I, want, I mean, it'd be fun. Let's, let's try doing whatever. Let's try reinventing the wheel or let's try making a tablet that everyone would use uh, even though no one currently uses iPads. Let's try that. Mm-hmm. That's where we want it to go. Let's just take it there. Uh, it's also well, interesting. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and that explains why creativity has been deemed the number one needed leadership attribute amongst global executives. Oh, so, has I mean, it's it? Not just, yeah. Yeah. You're going to lead your company, and if you don't have creativity, where are you going to lead them? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, backwards. So, so everyone needs to remember to be more creative and how to do that. Hmm. It's um, I've kind of noticed, as you were talking about begin and act, mm-hmm. I've noticed that sometimes what actually creates the most, or generates creativity is when I'm obligated. So I, I found sometimes when I'm not personally motivated yet, I just obligate myself by telling someone else. And the minute I tell someone else what I want to do, it seems to obligate me. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's true because now, now it's out of your mind. And exactly. And if I don't have the ability to move and to act, and I tell somebody that does, <laughs> then it's game on. And then yep. they won't they won't leave me alone until I get it done. Like my wife keeps motivating me to vacuum and to clean. I'm not doing it normally, but if she keeps motivating me, I will. But so maybe one of the benefits of being creative, or if uh, if you want to be creative, is push people around you to push you to be more creative. I mean, maybe that's exactly. why a lot of our silly arguments in marriage and family fall apart, too, is we're not creative enough to see there's other ways. We don't, we don't have people pushing back on us. Because there are, there are other ways. Yeah. Do you, do Some you... of them are better. Not all of them are better. And no. That's okay. But, but to look for them, 
I think is very noble. I, I totally agree. And I, as I look at um, my roles, I, I was just talking to some people that had done some beta testing on a show that they were doing, and they brought in this uh, focus group, and the focus group spent hours just ripping them apart. And I sat there and I thought, ow, that would be horrible. One thing that's interesting about creative jobs uh, like artists, you know, animators, things like that, um, what you do, is you get feedback real time about what yeah. people think about you and your stuff. And, yep. and, it's, and your stuff's so personal because you're not – I mean, you know, if I make a widget, it's not personal. But the music you're creating for a show is out of you. Do, do you ever find getting the feedback stifles your creativity? Um, sometimes it can, to be quite honest. Yes, it can. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that you have to, you have to realize that, that I'm, I'm being hired like, uh, um, a, a subcontractor that's building a house and the music is just part of the fabric of the film. And so as hard as it is to remove the emotional attachment to it, I have to, I have to do that because they're hiring me to help get the home completed. Yeah, hit the mark. And, and yes, I might love a piece of music that the director is like, I don't want this in my movie. And, well, great, then it's my piece and I'll keep it for something else. But, but you also have to realize that sometimes you're not the only one that is exercising their creative vision. And there are times when I've worked with filmmakers and, and they think that the music should be a different direction that, that uh, I don't necessarily agree with. Yeah. And then when I entertain the direction that they're talking about, all of a sudden my understanding even increases even sure. more. And I'm like, wow, I, I never thought about that. And then it, it lends itself to even more creative ideas on yeah. my part. And so you know, we end up going a lot further down the road in interesting musical ideas yes. than we would have had I just settled for the first you know, idea that seemed like it would work. Yeah, you have to remain open to let more ideas in, and it doesn't diminish your idea. It just no. enhances it. It enables it. It does. I love that. So that's, that could be, I guess, attributed to our families. We just need to be open to what our partners are saying, what our wife is saying, or our husband's idea, and, and see well, if you can't create something with it. And, and sometimes... We, we don't really understand what's being articulated. Yeah, totally. And and once you understand that, then you're able to, oh, well, that's the direction that you want this to go. Well, that's hmm. really what you meant. Okay, then great. We can do that. See, that's uh, the principle. In order to influence somebody, you must first be influenced by them. Mm, I love that. So, in, And that's what you do. You sit, and before you go try to create music, you're open to being influenced. And by being open, it creates this huge space in you that you can then go fill with, in an informed way. You know, it's interesting. I just had a meeting with a, with a filmmaker on a, on a project, and I went in with some ideas, musical ideas, and then sitting with him, and, and he shared some of his ideas. It's like my understanding now grew like three times what it was before. And, hmm. and the scope of this was, it was wonderful. Well, and, and you, it, it probably, it then energized your emotional level. It did. It so did. it's no longer an intellectual exercise. Now you're kind of on fire with it. Mm-hmm. This, and this is, every one of these ideas, Alan, are things we should all just be doing. I mean, this none, imagination, doing. remember, don't quit, 
begin, act, and be open. And be open, yes. I mean, hello? Shouldn't and, that... and it works for every facet of your life. Right. That's the thing. It's not just composing a score or creating the, the next widget. It, yeah. it literally is every aspect of your life. Your garden, your you... family, mm-hmm. your children, your Business life, personal, your goal. It doesn't matter. Your life. Love it. Um, see? It's out there, and, and it's easier, I guess. You know, everyone's like, yeah, well, sure, when you're in Hollywood, Alan. But... You're not in Hollywood. You're you're still a father of three. You do this at home. I know your wife and you guys. It's hard. Life's easy to just assume your life is easy. It's not. Life is hard. It's not. None of our lives are easy. Mm-mm. And and yet, I really believe that we can help predict what our life will be, what our future will be, by inventing it, by creating it. We're the ones that can take control of that. Yeah. Good stuff. Tell, let's. Uh, we got about a minute left or so, Alan. Give us uh, the, the one thing. What's the challenge that you know? One thing that you just fall back to consistently to reignite the creativity. What's the one challenge you'd leave with our people? Do something different. You know, Einstein had a great quote when he talked about insanity: doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Mm-hmm. If I am stuck, I can't do the same thing that I've always done, whether it means I talk to someone different, I watch something different, I physically go take a walk, do something different, whatever it is, to help me get in a different frame of mind. And I go back to that whole thing of remembering. When you can remove yourself from what's happening today and remember that we all have the potential to, to be creative in everything that we do in every aspect of our life, it will free up your fears, your concerns, and the restrictions that, however they have been imposed upon us, we remove those boundaries and we discover the potential that we all have. Yeah. Ooh. Awesome stuff. Alan Williams. Now, Alan, if they, uh, if they want to get a hold of you, do they just go to alanwilliams.com? Sure. My website's alanwilliams.com, and uh, love to just... love to, to chat with anyone that, that would love to send me an email. Do it. Uh, appreciate you so much, Alan, and uh, thank you. Honestly, great spirit about creativity. Love the insights, and uh, let's all go do something different because of it. Thanks again, Alan, for joining us, and we'll be back after this break wrapping up our discussion on creativity. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Connect with Matt on BYU Radio's Facebook page and Twitter at BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. A bird in the hand that's a spy in the sky. It's the Nano Hummingbird. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Aerovironment is an aerospace company that builds all manner of flying platforms for science and defense, mostly large ones. But for the last three years, they've been perfecting what they call a nano-air vehicle as part of a challenge from DARPA, the Defense Research Organization. DARPA wanted a demo of a spy drone that could be as small as a bird so it could fly a TV camera into and out of buildings undercover. The hardest part was building a hover-capable ornithopter, that is, a machine that flies by flapping wings. This nano hummingbird can make precise turns and position shifts, all without a tail. 
The wings do the entire job by modifying their flapping patterns 40 times a second. For now, this 19-gram, 15-centimeter nano hummingbird pays a price for being so tiny and energetic. Flights only last 8 minutes. But looking ahead, some say future generations of these little robot flyers of the future could be used for everything from inspecting bridges and tall buildings for damage to delivering small packages right to the desk in your office. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Start your day right with Marcus Smith and the morning team. We're going to talk about um, just stuff, you know, lots of things that show up that that once we're in your home and they go to somebody else's home and how do they get there? Maybe by way of a thrift store. Join in for conversation on current topics and events from around BYU campus and the world and get your morning talking. Tune into the morning show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're wrapping up our discussion of creativity, the benefits. Ah, oh, life is just, it's so complex. And uh, if we don't have a big enough vessel to hold all the complexity, then I truly believe we need more creativity. So we have more options. We have we have more capacity to handle all of these crazy things that life throws at us. I mean, just the stuff I just hear from clients and friends and how hard their lives are. I don't know how else you can deal with all of this without connecting back to your creator, A, and B, maybe trying to mimic by being your own creator. Be a creative person that's creating solutions and answers in your life. And I believe the best inspiration for that will always be from your creator. Um now, before we kind of wrap up, you know, whenever you're putting something together, you, you can never have too much of a good thing, right? That's what they say. Well, our producer, Bryce, would disagree. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is right. Anyone ever had that friend that was really into something and maybe tried a little too hard to get every other member of the human race to love it just as much as they do? In my case, I had a friend who was really into poetry. I mean, everyone has their thing, their passion, and that's fine. But no matter how much she tried, she could not light the fire for poetry in my soul. I can appreciate the simpler poetry. Sticking words together with similar sounds while conveying thoughts and ideas can be difficult. And I like it when it's done well. But does anyone remember when the numbers started disappearing in math class, only to then be replaced by letters? Then you started getting more headaches and you suddenly didn't like the letter D, especially when it started showing up on the top of your papers in red ink? Well, as my friend was showing me the poetry she so adored, I began to wonder where all the rhyming went. Or where did the sentences go? And coherence, when did that decide to take off? And I think this all comes down to escalation. Once the status quo was established, let's say the last sound of a line rhyming with the last sound of the next line, they move to alternating the spots where things rhyme, and on and on until today we have single word statements that as far as I can tell are only related because they are in the same piece of work, come from the same language, and because the creator says so, and frankly those are some pretty weak credentials. 
The problem with all these layers is that eventually you cross a line. And crossing this line is like making something so massive that eventually gravity takes over. Gravity doesn't care how much work you put into those layers. It doesn't care how much experience you have. It's going to collapse under all its own weight. And when it comes to complexity, more is not necessarily better. And since we decided to write things down and keep track of our history, we have to keep escalating. But don't worry, complexity can go wrong. In fact, it can go very, very wrong. Ever heard of the writer James Joyce? He put together this one piece of work called Finnegan's Wake, and it's probably the meanest thing a person could do to the world. Here's an excerpt I found with an explanation. All the vital minds is beginning to sozzle in tune, and the hormonies to cling-clangle, fudge'em, kates, and eeps, and nabok, and erics, and oinos on king clud. Makes sense, right? Now, the first part of this sentence is made up of double words. So here we can read sozzle as sizzle and the word dissolve, tune as chew and the word tune, hormonies as hormones and harmonies. The second part of the sentence is just anagrams. It's just scrambled words. Kate's is steak, Eep's peas. There's bacon, and there's rices, and there's onions, and there's duckling in there. The word vital minds confirms this food theme, while it could be referencing the word stomach and vitamins. Here we have a sentence about the health benefits of a steak and duck dinner. Now, would you say this is creative? Yeah, immensely so. But is it any good? No, it's terrible. Remember what I mentioned about something being crushed under its own weight? But let's get real. Simple gets boring too fast, and complexity sticks around longer. With complexity, you have to dive in. you got to dig around and find the nuggets that are there. But the worst thing you can do as a consumer is assume that there's a nugget there. And the worst thing you can do as an artist or a creator is trick your consumers into going through the dig only to find no nuggets. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. I didn't understand a word he said. That was just messed up. That was mesclipidoc-dig-dong. Um, it's true, though. It, it's not enough to just be creative. At some point, you also have to have, you know, it's got to be worth it. And to be creative and not understood, I guess, is lonely. So we hope we sparked your creative mind again. I do believe, just like Alan Williams said, our... our uh, Guess that, that, you know, creativity, I believe, is in each one of us. I believe it's a gift. I even believe it's endowed from on high, and it's something that we're supposed to learn to get good at. And whether it's just creating, you know, a nice garden, a green lawn, beautiful children, a little order in their lives, some safety for your family, whether it's creating something magical, a music score, or um, just a good relationship, we all have something to create other than just chaos for one another. As we sit on this crazy orb ball of mud flying through space, we have to start watching out for each other, use our creativity to lift one another and make our worlds better for each other. And that's why we do this show Monday through Friday. Please join us 5 o'clock Eastern Time. We also replay it again 7 o'clock Eastern Time and every morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time right here on The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM HD2 Provo. Today's Thinking Aloud originally aired in 2012. 
The following is a production of BYU Broadcasting in cooperation with the Brigham Young University Division of Continuing Education. With the passing of acclaimed children's book author and illustrator Marie Sendak, my thoughts have returned again and again to the magical, incantatory cadence of his story, Where the Wild Things Are. Consider with me just one line. That very night in Max's room, a four- 